When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome on in, Giants fans, to episode 143 of the Talk is Cheap podcast right here on NJ.com. As always, I'm Matt Lombardo, joined by my friend and colleague, Ryan Dunleavy. And the Giants arrive at the bye week, Ryan, here in uh, week nine at a 1-7 and seven record. They've now lost uh, 20 of their last 24 games dating back to last year. And I believe that we were in the midst of a full-fledged quarterback controversy until... Kyle Lalletta was arrested for a traffic violation, <laughs> which we first reported right here on NJ.com. What a week it has been and what a couple of weeks I think it's shaping up to be for the Giants coming out of this bye week in San Francisco. Yeah, neither of us were around last season, but a lot of our colleagues, I think, are suffering deja vu. New people running the show uh, for the Giants, but a lot of the same just like crazy, hard to believe stuff. I mean, last year it was guys not coming back from the bye, not giving effort. Now it's, you know, a uh, quarterback getting arrested for a traffic violation, not just ticketed, arrested for a traffic violation, nearly run, allegedly nearly running over a police officer. I mean, it is crazy. It's almost like the football has taken a back seat, which normally would be a good thing for a one in seven team, but not when it's taken the back seat to some of this stuff. Yeah, and a season's worth of distractions, this is just another one to add to the list, right? And, and you know, we were the ones that broke the story. We broke the Kyle Oletta was arrested. And I think it's really kind of disappointing. And that was kind of the mood that you got from some of his teammates who wanted to talk about this on the record. We were very few, by the way. Saquon Barkley, the rookie running back, uh, the only person who would talk to me on the record about it and guys that I spoke to. I know you spoke to some guys on background, but Ryan, I think the most disappointing thing about this is two days in a row, allegedly Kyle Lalletta committed the same infraction and he was had a summons by mail from Monday and he tried to do the same thing again on Tuesday at 8 a.m. when if you're on the but potentially becoming the starting quarterback, it's a little hard to believe that you're not getting to work and not getting to the facility before 8 o'clock in the morning. I like Kyle Loretto a lot. We both dealt with him a lot. He seems like a really bright kid. Seems like he uh, you know, ha- has the potential to be a leader if he ever becomes a starting quarterback in this league. But th- this feels like a misstep for him, and it's kind of disappointing to see him have to go through it and the Giants have to navigate through the distraction. Yeah, a couple things I want to say here, which is, one, I have talked to a lot of people in Kyle Loletta's background over the last couple of weeks because I was preparing to write a big story on him because his big moment was coming. And everything I'm told is Kyle, this is out of character for Kyle Loletta. 
that, you know, he's a, you know, by all accounts, you know, a good teammate, good person, uh, good leader, you know, all those things. Okay. That said, Kyle Aletta has a history of dangerous driving. I mean, I dug into it yesterday, reported it last night. Uh, in the last two years, he's gotten three speeding tickets or three speeding summonses. One was actually reckless driving because he was going 84 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone. Uh, Pled a couple of them down, but clearly this uh, sources say his Jaguar's been spotted uh, driving dangerously in Weehawken before the last two days. So clearly this is something that he is a problem for him. It's habitual at this point. So it's something he needs to get his driving under control. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean that seriously. Um, That said, um, I think that it's interesting, the timing of it, because was, oh, he, sure. was he about to be the Giants starting quarterback? Uh, you and I, I think, disagree on this, but it's certainly interesting because it really literally could not have come at a worse time. for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's never a good time to get arrested for anything, whether it's a traffic violation or anything else. But I think this was an extra inopportune time for Kyle Loletta. If you think back to the timeline of all this Monday, we're at Pat Shermer's day after press conference following the loss to Washington. And he was asked every which way about whether or not he's getting enough out of Eli Manning, whether or not they're contemplating a quarterback change. And Bob Glauber of Newsweek, Newsday, rather, he actually, you know, pinned him down as best as anyone could and said flat out, Pat, is Eli Manning the starting quarterback against the San Francisco 49ers when you come back in week 10? And Pat's first two words were, we'll see. So that when you say we'll see, to me, you're cracking the door open to make a change. And he went on to say that Eli's the quarterback. You know, we have to do things to, to make life easier on Eli. He has to make better plays. But th- those two words, we'll see, and the timing of it, in my opinion, Ryan, I really believe Pat Shermer w- was moving to make the change, if not against San Francisco, having Loletta ready to play in the second half against the 49ers and come back and start the following week. Because if you're going to make a change, now's the time to do it, right? You have 14 days during a bye week. You're on the road against an opponent that's banged up in, in a worse situation as you. Eli Manning just muddled through a game where, yes, he threw for 300 yards, but over 100 of those came in garbage time. Three of his eight touchdown passes on the year come with under a minute to play when the Giants are trailing by 10, 10 points or more. I, I, I think Pat Shermer had seen enough, and I think the time was now for Kyle Loletta to get his first star to take a big step towards that, and then this arrest happens. I did a pretty thorough breakdown. I encourage people to read on NJ.com of just how much of the Giants offense. The Giants offense is bad, but it's actually worse than you think it is because so much of it has come in what is garbage time. Like fourth quarter trailing by two scores or uh, two scores or more. That's where really they've done most of their damage. Like 36% of Eli Manning's yards, six of his eight touchdowns are in the fourth quarter. I mean, this is a team that basically falls behind and to use a Shermer analogy is shooting three threes at the buzzer, hoping for, you know, prayers basically. Um, I did. I like your thinking, Matt. I just happen to disagree with it all, if that makes any sense. I don't think he was going to put Kyle Loletta in. I, do, I, I think he's going to play Kyle Loletta. Let's get that straight. Kyle Loletta is going to play for this season. Pat Shermer, Dave Gettleman, on the record, have been strong about this. You know, everybody, ha- everybody you talk to off the record is even stronger about this. They made a mistake last year by not playing Davis Webb. It set the franchise back because they didn't know what they had. And now 
uh, to, you and I will go on and on about this. I'll slip this in. Jamal Adams of the Jets thinks Davis Webb is a starter in the NFL. Uh, it's a shame so, 32 teams decided that he wasn't and then a bunch of quarterbacks right. got hurt and he's still there, right? On a practice listen, squad. Listen, 32 teams once decided Kurt Warner wasn't a starting quarterback either. <laughs> so, um, so my, my, my point, my larger point being, I think Laletta was going to play at some point. So I don't think it was going to be this week. That That's what sports journalism is a little bit of right now is parsing people's words. And you saw the we'll see as an opportunity for Laletta. I saw it as just kind of like moving the needle an inch. The Giants are going to be very PR conscious of Eli Manning's benching. They, they uh, bungled it last year. John Mara okayed it and changed his mind. Players revolted. They had this cockamamie idea of starting Eli, but benching him no matter how well he played in the Which second half. Which was absurd, half. by the way. Yeah, complete yeah. absurdity. It was, of course. So I think they'll handle it much better this year. I And I think it's inevitable that Laletta will play. I just don't know that it would. I don't know that you need nine weeks to evaluate Kyle Laletta. Maybe you give Eli Manning one more home game. I think they're at San Francisco, then home the next week. Maybe that's Manning's farewell. Maybe you say, maybe you what, announce why? that. Just, just I'm, I'm curious as, it, as to so why. He's not off the field. Uh, he was booed off the field basically yesterday, uh, Sunday. He was booed off the field. The Giants offense was booed every opportunity the fans got. If you knew it was Eli Manning's last game, you'd probably treat him a little bit differently. As, Listen, as I, I, get, I, get, I get that. Joe Montana finished his career with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Brett Favre uh, played games for the Minnesota Vikings and finished well, his Brett career Favre as a backup with off Lambeau Field. But Brett Favre chose, you know, Brett Favre chose to continue his career somewhere else. The Packers didn't boo Brett Favre off the field. I, I get that, but I'm I'm just saying I think that when you hang on to sentimentality as an organization, that, that that's when your that judgment already. gets clouded. But they already made that mistake. That mistake's come and gone. That was last year's mistake hanging on to, or January's mistake hanging on to. So why, but, but I'm saying, why, why repeat it when if you have nine games and you have an opportunity to spend two full weeks uh, getting first team reps for Kyle Laletta and putting him on the field in San Francisco, yeah. why would you then make yeah. his first start on the road against the Eagles or on the road against Washington when you can have eight weeks, nine weeks worth of data to evaluate whether or not you need to go all in on Justin Herbert, or if you can get by with Kyle Oletta and a veteran and take a Nick Bosa or a Rashawn Gary or a, an Ed Oliver in the first yeah. round. Like why, why wouldn't you maximize your data set when you're one and seven and the season's going nowhere? That, that's the only thing that it's not just your line of thinking, Ryan. It's that if the organization is thinking that way, yeah. I, I don't know how to rationalize yeah. it. Yeah, you and I are going to have to agree to disagree there because I don't see where nine weeks of data is much different than seven weeks of data or uh, I don't, where changing the plan by two weeks sets the organization back any further. The organization's already set back. They set themselves back oh, in sure. January. So they, they screwed this up in January. So whether yeah, it's here's week, why, here's why I week think 10 it or week 12 doesn't really matter to me. Well, let's, let's go through the schedule. They go at San Hold Francisco on, off a of bye. Oh, Hold on. One more thing I want to say is just this idea, and I've written it, too, and now the more I've thought about it, I wish I didn't. What does it matter that they have a bye this week? Everybody everybody acts like it's two weeks of practice. Oh, we have fans do this, and I've done this, and you've done this, and reporters everywhere do this. Oh, well, they have a bye. They have two weeks' worth to get Kyle Laletta. Um, well, he can be ready. in the building and, and meeting but, with, with but Pat Schirmer. 
but his teammates aren't going to be. They're not practicing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. So no, I, I get that. But, but so he's it, not going to be throwing passes to Odell Beckham. He's not. He's not. But he can be in a meeting with Mike Shula and with Pat Shermer, and they can develop a game plan on route concepts that he likes. They can go back and study his preseason film, do a self-scouting with him, figure out what he likes, what he doesn't, to put together the game plan. They can get him up to speed with, quote-unquote, mental reps. Yeah. There are things you can do during the bye, and I'd assume that as a rookie, he'd want to be around the building if he was going to get his first start. Uh, yes, his, as long as he might can not Uber, be practiced. As long as he can Uber there, buddy. Exactly. As long as he can get a Lyft or an Uber, he'd be fine. Uh, you can still get together with, with teammates that are in the area and throw passes. If they have any tryouts during this week, they could use Loletta to throw to those tryout players. Yeah. Like There are ways to keep him sharp, but, but let's just look at the schedule here because – I'm kind of missing where it's an opportune spot to get him his first start because if it's not against San Francisco, then it's the Buccaneers at home. But the whole plane to the whole point of giving Eli Manning two more starts is to give him one more start at yeah. home. And Tampa Bay is a winnable football game. Then you yeah. go to Philadelphia against the Eagles, and I don't think the Giants at this point are going to be very competitive in that game. And I certainly wouldn't start Kyle Oletta in that environment of all places. Then you have the Bears. Uh, coming to MetLife Stadium the following week at Washington, a division opponent. Then you have Tennessee coming, and that's not until week 15. So I feel like that if you don't get Lollett in there sooner rather than later, you're going to be faced with playing him three uh, games. The Bears sound good to me. So you got what? Bear, Bears is what? Week 14? Against Khalil Mack and that defense? I you mean, want that to be his first start? I mean, what's the difference? Honestly, well, he's going to have to face the. If, does that matter if it's his second start or his third start? Eventually, he's got to face good players in the NFL. So yes, but but uh, I'm saying, don't you want to build up some confidence against some quote unquote lesser competition or competition that uh, are, are winnable games rather yeah. than throwing him to the wolves against Khalil Mack and that front seven? I, that's just again, I, I mean, I don't, quarterbacks. I mean, uh, again, uh, the, I mean, so your revenge is. Is that front seven so much better than the? I mean, the Eagles front seven, or the Jaguars front seven, or the Redskins front seven, or I mean, it, they're all good. I mean, good teams have good players, so yep. event, you're not always gonna you're not always gonna face awful teams. There aren't that many awful teams. You're one no, of but the, you're I one think, of the awful teams. Everybody's right, but, better than you. Everybody right. is better. Well, than the you. 40, the 49ers aren't. The 49ers are as bad and maybe worse with their quarterback <laughs> situation right now. Maybe they'll sign Davis Webb. C.J. Bethard uh, has a hand injury. Maybe they'll sign Davis Webb and start against awesome. the Giants in two weeks. That would be awesome. Oh, God. I'm, I, I, I would probably be working around the clock if that happened. So. Yeah, but but my point is, why not give him two opponents when he's not walking into a lion's den of a front seven to, to build up his confidence and get him into a rhythm so that he's not out there running for his life the entire yeah. time? But like, if he plays poorly, though, in those two games, then he's going to have even less confidence going into those big games. I don't know. I You can micromanage it a bunch of different ways. We can go on. I Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. I understand what you're saying. I just don't know that it's such a huge benefit that my way doesn't make any sense. I understand what you're saying. I get it. Um, 
well, if he actually won one of those games, maybe confidence would be high against the Bears or the Eagles. But Eli Manning went one and six as a starter his first couple years. His excuse me, his first season, his rookie season, he went one and six. Had one of the worst games I've ever seen in the history of football against the Ravens during his rookie year. I think he actually got benched. I think he actually started the game and came out of the game for Kurt Warner. Second Kurt Warner reference of the podcast, by the See, way. See, but that's a little bit different though because you knew that Eli Manning was going to be a franchise quarterback why? you traded for why? him why because Just you drafted you drafted him in the top five but or, that doesn't mean i mean is Jameis winston a franchise quarterback no but you made that commitment you don't know whether you're committing that sort of yeah. long-term security to kyle Loretta. Yeah. i mean the, the giants weren't going to draft eli manning or make the trade with the chargers for eli manning and then turn right around and draft a quarterback the next right, year but they, they were didn't going know to... he was any good they knew they had they wanted him to be their franchise quarterback but they didn't know anything about his confidence or his ability to bounce back or any of that stuff. I mean, we've all figured that out in hindsight, but that could have destroyed Eli Manning going one and six. So why are we going to just assume it's going to destroy Kyle Oletta just because he got picked three rounds later? Yeah, because he's a fourth round pick with with uh-huh. you have much less tied to him. You, you don't have a, a first round quarterback contract tied to him. You can decide if he goes, you know, one and three with a quarterback rating of 67 that you're going to draft Justin Herbert or you're going to yeah. draft Will Greer and you're, it's going to be no muss, no fuss. Hey, Kyle, thanks for your service last yeah. year. Now carry a clipboard. Whereas yeah. if he were taken number two overall and you put him yeah. in there for eight games yeah. regardless yeah. just like the Jets right now I mean I, I haven't been consistently blown away by Sam Darnold I certainly haven't been blown away by Josh Rosen but those teams aren't taking quarterbacks in the first round next year the Giants need to figure out the whole point of playing Kyle Loletta is to figure out yeah. whether you have to draft a quarterback right so I, I don't know why you limit your sample size just to give Eli Manning a curtain call at age 37 yeah right I don't know I would yeah Again, I think we're going around in circles at this point. I, I understand what you're saying. I just disagree with it. So, yeah, no, and, and, and again, that, that that's what makes these podcasts and these conversations yeah. great. Uh, the, the other th- big news for the Giants is that after you traded away Damon Harrison to the Detroit Lions last week, you traded away Eli Apple to the New Orleans Saints, picked up three draft picks in those two moves. Uh, Dave Gettleman stood pat. There, there were some whispers that Landon Collins' name could have come up in conversation with the Kansas City Chiefs. Janoris Jenkins sounded like a guy who had his bags packed and he was oh, ready man. to go. He's right disappointed. Yeah, he's probably disappointed yeah Yeah. nevertheless those guys stay here uh my report from last week that the giants were not shopping olivier vernon that held true olivier vernon wasn't dealt odo beckham jr wasn't dealt after his name was floated in speculation over the weekend ryan what do you make of this perception that the giants were tearing down the house and they were having a fire sale and what wound up happening is dave gettleman walked into the bathroom and took down the wallpaper from 20 years ago by dealing away apple and harrison and and that's it those are the only moves that were made for a team that probably had at least some designs on selling going into the the deadline uh, I kind of think that he did what he did in the offseason, which is he split the baby, which doesn't make sense to me. You either go all in or you go all out. And he kind of went half in, half out. And I don't love it. I, I, I don't think it's smart. Um, our colleague Steve Politti on this podcast last week uh, said that maybe those two trades were more about the locker room. And I didn't believe it because I've talked to look neither one of those guys was incredibly media savvy 
but that doesn't mean they weren't good locker room guys. We know guys are much different. Not every guy who's good with the media is good in the locker room, and not every guy who's good in the locker room is good with the media. But Politi suggested that maybe um, it was more about the locker room. That's been Gettleman's focus and Shermer's focus since he got here, and maybe that was still the case, Matt. Maybe the maybe that was really more about snacks and apple in the locker room. I don't know. He's, he dealt those two guys. He got mid-round picks. You know, you don't expect to hit the jackpot with those picks. So I thought they would trade Collins. I thought they would trade Jenkins. Actually, I think the most interesting thing to come out of the trade deadline to me is the Giants may be tipping their cap that they are going tipping their hand that they are going to try to make an effort to re-sign Landon Collins after the season. I don't know if yeah. they would. There's been really no, t- the Odell extension talk kind of dominated the last year. It slipped through the cracks that Landon Collins is a free agent after this year. He's probably going to want something like $10 million a year. Uh, I didn't think the giants would be willing to pay that. They already have enough over, you know, highly paid, uh, you know, however, my eight digit guys on their uh, salary cap. I didn't think they would do it, but if you're keeping Collins, to me, that tells me you're going to make a run at him because otherwise you're going to lose him for a conditional draft pick, a third or a fourth rounder. So you would have traded him for a third or a second rounder if that's what you were looking, if you were looking at losing him at the end of the season anyway. Yep. No, I agree with that. And I actually agree with Steve that I think that if you're one in seven and you're, you're trading away two starters, that has to be because you don't like the quality of the character of those guys. And obviously Eli Apple had his issues here last season and you saw what happened towards the end of last year. He ends up getting suspended for conduct detrimental. Damon Harrison never wanted to be a leader. And I don't think that that's the type of guy with, with his persona that you want around the room. If you're one in seven, you're losing, you don't have a lot of direct direction for this year and you're playing Dalvin Tomlinson and and if RJ McIntosh gets healthy you're putting RJ McIntosh out there and you're increasing BJ Hill's snaps and you're doing all of these things without Harrison being a three down nose tackle that's the type of, of player that's the type of person that I think you want out of your room which it makes sense not to have him around if you can get something for him yeah uh you mentioned how Eli Apple was you know in those con- suspended con detrimental to the team last year and all that. But again, I've said this before. I think Eli Apple kind of turned a page this year, certainly on the field. He was their best cornerback. Janoris Jenkins included. Eli Apple was their number one quarterback. And I thought he, he you know, I thought he was had a different persona in the locker room. So I was surprised they dealt I him. Agree. They had, yeah. they could have controlled him for another two seasons. I was surprised they dealt him for just a fourth round pick. I thought that was a sign a lot more uh, was coming than actually came. Yeah, no, and I don't disagree. And I think that we're going to learn a lot about Dave Gettleman's plan over the course of the offseason. What do you do with Olivier Vernon? What do you do with Janoris Jenkins? Will they trade Odell Beckham Jr.? Because obviously there was a bigger hurdle with the $16 million in dead money that you would have to eat right now this season against the cap, thanks to his signing bonus, that that might not be the case over the offseason. And there was interest now. So I'll be very interested to see if Odell Beckham Jr. is on this team week one in 2019, just as I will be, whether you keep Olivier Vernon, whether you keep Janoris Jenkins or wind up releasing him, whether you Eli Eli Manning, what you do there. I mean, I I can't imagine at $22.5 million at age 38. What if they offered? What if he agreed to? What if he proactively went to Dave Gettleman and said, "Next year, I'll play for ten million dollars." Why would that? I mean, I'm in trouble. Take me down your line of thinking here. Why? Why would that benefit the Giants? 
it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. But I, I know why it benefits Eli Manning. It doesn't benefit the Giants. I'm saying, what if he what if he did that, though? Would you tell him, no, sorry, we don't want you under any circumstances? I, I'd say, Eli, thanks for the memories. Here's a golf okay. bag. Hey, we're going to put you in the ring of honor week okay. seven against the Eagles. You know, that's, a, that's very easily for cold-hearted, cold-hearted Matt Lombardo to do. <laughs> I, I don't know that Dave Gettleman and John Mara can look down at their Super Bowl rings on their fingers that uh, Eli Manning won for them. And if he's willing to pay for less, they're going to have a hard time saying, uh, look, man, sorry, we don't want you. We don't want you for a buck 50, basically. Yeah, so. I think I think it's I think it's tougher for John Mara than it is for Dave Gettleman. I mean, you, Gettleman, right, Gettleman wasn't the GM when uh, he, was Eli the won this. he was the assistant GM. True. Uh, true. Uh, Pat Shermer wasn't in the building. And I think that if you're going to build something, if you're talking about building something, which, uh, again, we can go round and round and debate what they should have done in the first round. But you look at this draft class with Saquon Barkley, Will Hernandez, yeah. B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter. Th- those are four potentially cornerstone starting players for you with Kyle Lallette and R.J. McIntosh being the unknowns there. I give I give Dave Gettleman the benefit of the doubt for that draft. I'd like to see what he does in the next two drafts and what they do this offseason. Because if you move on from Eli Manning and you have another solid draft and you spend wisely in free agency at right tackle or you draft a right tackle, okay. you go out and you get a pass rusher. I, I don't know how far away the Giants are big picture. Yeah. They're, they just look very, very far away today because of the pieces they're missing and what they're not getting out of the quarterback. I think they're very far away, big picture. Here's another disagreement for you. I think they are very far away. I mean, they're 30, they're 34 and 53 ever since they won their last Super Bowl in 2012. Uh, they've been, they haven't won a playoff game. They've been to the playoffs one time. Now you're going to start from scratch with the quarterback. I think they are very, very far away. And even Mara told you last uh, two weeks ago, he doesn't think it's a quick fix. I think yep. it's not just not a quick fix. I think it's a long fix. So I just, I don't, I don't know that they have a lot of the cornerstones. I, I don't. And you look, Gettleman had a good draft. Okay. I'll give Gettleman a good draft, but you're supposed to have a good draft when you pick number two in the, at the top of each round, you're basically getting a first rounder in the second round, a third, a second rounder in the third round, et cetera, et cetera. So you're supposed, he did a good job, but he's supposed to do a good job. The off season. I thought he had a good off season. Shame on me. Be, shame on Gil Brandt, who a possible hall of fame executive who is widely respected in the NFL thought Gettleman had the best off season of any team in the NFL. He was wrong. I was wrong. Um, Anybody was wrong. Yeah. Gettleman, Gettleman was wrong because I can't when I look at these moves, literally everyone is wrong. Literally in hindsight. Yes, this is hindsight in four. At, I did not first guess Nate Solder. I did not first guess Kareem Martin or Patrick Omame. I first guessed Jonathan Stewart. Everybody did. That was not smart from the beginning. Um, but every one of these moves trading Jason Pierre Paul, I thought was brilliant. He has eight sacks. Eight the sacks. Giants, and the Giants have 10, yeah, by the way. They so, have 10 sacks. Yeah. Yes. So literally every move Dave Gettleman made. And again, this is with hindsight. Dave D- Gettleman doesn't get to use hindsight, but he's paid a lot of money to make these decisions with foresight. Um, every one of them was wrong. Everyone. So uh, the draft might have gone well. Everything else did not.
Yep, and, and that's why this offseason is going to be so pivotal, and there are a lot of big names that I think they have to make some tough decisions on. Um, but but again, we'll see how that all plays out. Looking back at the first eight weeks, Ryan, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on how you grade out each position, and I'll let you know how I feel higher or lower on, on each. All right, so quarterback, I did D. Just give me one sentence, Matt. Higher, lower, D. Lower, lower. I, I don't think outside of the one game against the Houston Texans, Eli Manning has given them a chance to win this year. So you go F, basically. I go F. Okay. Um, coaching, I did D. I'll go, I'll go C here, slightly higher, only because I think that uh, the head coach is being held back by the play of the quarterback. I can think of a handful of plays over the last two weeks, especially against the Falcons, where the play worked, the play call was right, and the quarterback couldn't get it there. Uh, so I, I go a little bit higher than a D on the head coach. Running backs, and that's all run, running backs with an S, A minus. That's about fair. Yeah, I, I'd go right there. I mean, when you look at all-purpose yards, only Todd Gurley has more in the NFL than Saquon Barkley right now. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, who you mentioned, was a mistake. It was a bigger mistake than any of us ever thought. He's been a non-factor. Uh, so, yeah, A-minus sounds about right there. Receivers, B-plus. Uh, slightly higher. I think I'd go A-minus only because – you have two guys in Sterling Shepard and Odell Beckham Jr. on pace for over 1,000 yards. They don't really run many three wide receiver sets. I go slightly higher than the B-plus at receiver. Tight end, C. Yeah, uh, that right on the money. Okay. Offensive line, F. Right on the money. Look, you, I, you I want to go lower? You want to go lower? I, I'll G? go. I, how about an F minus for that? G, we'll, G, we'll take a minus G. Yeah. yeah. How about a Z uh, for zero, which is what you've gotten out of Patrick Omame, and you're getting just a little bit more than that out of uh, Nate Solder. Listen, you paid $64 million to Nate Solder, 35.5 of which is guaranteed. Last year, Eric Flowers gave up six sacks on the year. Through just eight games, Nate Solder has given up six sacks so far this season. That, that, that's just not good enough. He was supposed to be an upgrade, and he hasn't. The only bright side of that offensive line has been Will Hernandez, who, if you consistently look at pro football focus, he's in the top ten of guards around the league. I think he's played very, very well. Uh, there's just been so much turnover around him. They haven't had much consistency at center. Solder's been a disappointment. I'll go with an F- minus uh, with an asterisk for Will Hernandez. Uh Defensive line, C. You know, look, I, I and that's probably with would Damon go, Harrison. That's with Damon Harris. You got to. I probably go. I probably go a little bit lower there. I, I think you go with a D. You're not getting any penetration with your three-man rush. I think they're they're really disappointing against the run. They were something like 122 yards per game against the run that they've allowed. That's really not good enough in a three-four. Uh, I'm going to give them a D minus for for the uh, defensive line. Safeties. C minus. Yeah, Curtis Riley has taken some bad routes in coverage. I think he's been worse on taking uh, routes against big runs. Uh, Landon Collins has been okay, other than the forced fumble that Olivier Vernon recovered. Not many signature plays out of Landon Collins. C minus sounds about right there. Good job by you. Cornerbacks, C. With the, <laughs> that's with Eli Apple. Uh, can I go D here? Because you can, I think but I, you're going to run into the same problem I did, Matt, which is, so you just went what? You went, uh, you went D, 
uh, you went pretty much D's uh, across yes. the board on the defense, and the defense has played pretty well. I mean, through the, we're talking this stat blows my mind. I think Boomer Esiason he didn't credit me, but I think he got this from me on the uh, on WFAN the other day uh, on my Twitter account. Um, here's some scores at the end of the third quarter of the Giants games: thirteen nine, thirteen ten three, ten six, and thirteen six. Well, and here, they, here's my and theory. And lost every one of those games. Yeah, here, here's my theory, Rand. I, I, I think that James Betcher's defense is better as a whole than the sum of his parts. I, I, I don't, I don't okay. think there are a lot of great players. I think that you look statistically against the run, they're mediocre at best. They're not very good against the pass. They can't generate a pass rush, but they don't give up a lot of points. So I, I agree that defense has been the standout of this team, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, by a wide margin through eight weeks. But I don't think that individual positions, they've gotten that standout eraser type of player who can, you know, make up for the mistakes of everybody else on the defense. Snacks wasn't that guy. Janoris Jenkins certainly hasn't been that guy from an effort standpoint. And I don't know that consistently Landon Collins has been that guy. Like if I ask you right now, who's their best defensive player? It's easy to say Landon Collins, but outside of that one force fumble, what has Landon Collins done? He leads the team in tackles. Uh, it's probably, you could say it's Landon Collins, but snap for snap on a per snap base, basis, it's Kerry Wynn. Or Alec Ogletree. Yeah, Kerry Wynn. And he's he's not playing a high percentage of the snaps right well, now. Well, he will now that they traded snacks. He'll be the beneficiary of that. Him and Dalvin Tomlinson. Well, sure. Dalvin Tomlinson was starting anyway. He just moves to snacks. He moves from the end to the nose yep. stat. He changes positions. Kerry Wynn goes from backup to starter. Yep, yep. Uh, Hold on. Special teams, B plus. And that's Rosas and Dixon plus the return and coverage units, B plus. I'd probably go B or B minus because it's been a never ending carousel of returners and, and, you know, the house of horrors for Odell Beckham Jr. as a returner against the Panthers uh, that pretty much cost him the game. So to me, I think Rosas has been terrific. Rosas has been a completely different player than he was Dixon's a year been ago. Very good too. And Dixon's been great. I mean, you if the Giants get two, three pro bowlers, two of them might be <laughs> Riley Dixon and uh, Aldrick Rosas. You're right about that. You're right about that. Uh, effort, I gave an A-. minus. I thought the effort's been good. Eh, okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> you uh, want to go lower. Go lower. I'll, I'll go a little bit lower there. Uh, just again, I, I think about the effort against the Eagles in the defensive the secondary. Game. To me, that was the only game. It was a question, though. That was it. I couldn't kill them for one out of eight games of effort. Dallas, though, I, I thought they slept walk through the Dallas game and, and really couldn't get anything going there. Uh, I'll go with a B for effort. How about that? Sure. I think it was more about execution against Dallas. Could be. Dallas yeah. and effort, but uh, management, which is Gettleman and above, I gave a D. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. I, I think a D is about right there. I think it was a gross miscalculation to go, quote unquote, all in on Eli Manning. And then for John Mara to, you know, snip at me a couple weeks ago that he didn't know that they were, quote unquote, all in when you look at the moves that they made. I think a D or a D minus sounds about fair. Again, I really like the Giants draft. I, I have no qualms there. But like we talked about the decisions that were made in free agency and via trade, uh, it was just misstep after misstep after misstep with the biggest mistake of all being thinking that they could get by this year with Eli Manning and actually compete for something. And overall, I gave an F. Yep, fair. That's right where I'm at.
Yeah. I actually think I went D at first and then slept on it, woke up this morning and went F. But, but so, went back in and changed it to an F. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like I had a bad dream about that D, I think, and, and uh, changed it to an F. So. so, Ryan, looking ahead after the bye, they go to San Francisco on a Monday night. The 49ers are going to have a little bit of extra time to prepare as well because they play Thursday against the Oakland Raiders. Quarterback C.J. Bethard uh, is an unknown. He might not play against Oakland. Who knows what his availability is going to be like for the Giants game. But uh, g- give me one or two reasons that you'll be watching during the second half of the season and why fans should stick with this team. Sure, I, I, the number one reason I'll be watching, I get paid. <laughs> I'm right there with you. That's then because uh, if I didn't show, I get emails from Kevin Manahan and Mike Rosenstein asking me where I was. Um, no, if I was seriously all kidding aside, um, as a if I was a fan, if I could put myself in a fan shoes, uh, why would I keep watching? Uh, I'll give you a couple reasons. Other than Kyle Laletta, there's also a lot of really young players who could be part of this team going forward. I don't, none of them, I don't think, are developing into stars. Grant Haley, Sean Chandler, um, and this is besides Saquon Barkley. I'm not counting Saquon Barkley or Lorenzo Carter draft picks. Everybody's been watching since day one of their careers. I'm saying guys who now suddenly you might not know of who are going to play a big role in the second half. Guys like Grant Haley, guys like Sean Chandler, guys like Tay Davis, uh, linebacker, uh, offensive linemen like Brian Mahalik. You're going to see a lot of guys that you're, you aren't household names. You're not owning this guy's jersey. Uh, and you're going to maybe see if these guys can be part of the solution going forward. Any good team, as you know from covering the Eagles, has a lot of guys who are at the bottom of the roster who are not making big salary cap numbers, who are big big contributors. That's how you can afford to pay some of your huge stars is because you have guys making not a lot of money who are doing big things for you. That's how you yep. balance That's how you balance the salary cap. So that's uh that's obvious. That's the first reason I'd be watching. And then look, the Eli Manning thing. Oh, grip me. I, I'll want to know how this, we just spent 25 minutes debating it, how they, how they handle it. When's his last game? Uh, do they get out in front of it? Is it, is it botched like it was last year? How do the fans treat him? Uh, if I was a fan, I'd want to thank Eli Man. I'd want to thank Eli Manning for the memories. Yeah, and for me, it's going to be the evolution of the Pat Shermer offense once Kyle Lalletta gets in there because I think that we've seen his, his frustration on the sidelines over decisions Eli Manning has made, how long Eli has held on to the football. I, I'm going to want to see if there are – uh, you know, some differences and some upside with Lalletta out there. I, I want to see what, what he brings to the offense. And from a defensive standpoint, I, I'm with you. I want to see them, you know, empty the barrel at this point. I want to see Sean Chandler and Grant Haley out there in different positions. I want to see R.J. McIntosh, assuming he gets healthy as part of the rotation, and evaluate him. And, and I think just from the, the cynic in me, I want to see how this locker room sticks together. Because if Wait. you wind up... Are you saying sports writers are cynical people? Yeah, not, not not by nature, just by, uh, you know, okay. j- j- just you and I. We're a little extra okay. cynical than, than okay. most. I, I want to see how Pat Schirmer keeps this thing together. Because if you're at 2-11 and 11 or or you're 1-13 you're at one point this year, I want to see how the how the effort keeps up and, and whether or not these guys are going to keep fighting or if they just continue to cycle in young players, which I think is the right thing to do. 
Yeah, that, that's it. Should be and look, there's a couple winnable games on the schedule as we, uh, as well. I guess you made the schedule sound harder than I think it is. Uh, but I think there's a couple uh, winnable games, uh, the, especially the ones coming up. So yep. if you're a fan who's interested in wins at this point, you you know that could keep you going. But here's a bold prediction for you, Ryan: that that the the uh, Giants win three of their next five games that they wow. knock off San Francisco, Tennessee, and they wind up beating uh, Tampa Bay. And that, and that's what Kyle Aletta as quarterback. Indeed. Wow. Bold prediction. That is, that is write bold. it down. That is write bold. it down. <laughs> that is bold. I'll be sending that to freezing cold takes soon. Um, yeah, that is bold. Uh, look, you can argue that that's a bad thing though. If you're a fan, if you're one of the fans who's in, look, if you're a fan who just wants to see your team win, then that's a good thing. If you're a fan who's looking towards the future, you could argue that's a bad thing because the giants end up costing themselves the number one pick and go slip down to five or six. Well, we saw with the jets when you're at five or six and you're desperate, you have to trade up to three anyway. So oh, that's, well, that is your guy. And again, I'm not saying that he is, but yeah. they, 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 he could really play them into an interesting dilemma if they win three, four or five games over the final half. I don't think they're going to have that much success, but it's going to be fascinating to see what the offseason sets up with if Loretta looks like some of these other rookie quarterbacks that have been out there so far this year are even better. Well, heck, Matt, you just doing this podcast with you, you have me excited for the second half of the season. Why? Let's forget the bye. Let's go back to work tomorrow. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> He's Ryan Dunleavy. I'm Matt Lombardo. Any parting shots, Ryan? I think I just took it. I like it. So we'll be back with you at some point next week to preview the 49ers game. In the meantime, keep it locked on NJ.com slash Giants. Ryan has some really compelling content up right now in the next couple of days. I'll have my first Giants seventh round mock draft. Coming <laughs> it's your that way time, on, baby. Coming your way on Thursday. So if you want to look to the future, you're going to want to check out my seven round mock draft. We'll talk to you next week. And in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. He's at R.Y. Dunleavy. I'm at Matt Lombardo NFL. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Speaker, Stritcher, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, all your podcast platforms. And we'll talk to you next week.